What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, uh, special guest today. I'm one of a newly, um, a new, not newly, that was the best way to put this, a, a person who just uh, got a new job. Um, and uh, after a couple of years at Denver Post, my friend Jake Shapiro is now at denverfan.com. I got to get that right. I was going to say 104.3 to fan, but it's denverfan.com. Uh, and uh, Jake, how are you and uh, how are you liking the new gig so far? Well, I'm awesome, Jeff. And, you know, I used to ask you for all Nuggets information because, you know, I'm a diehard Nuggets guy. <laughs> I just got it from the source himself. I just got back from practice talking to Michael Malone. So uh, it's cool. You know, I really uh, the Denver Post was a really good learning experience for me. I got a lot better as a journalist and such, but mm -hmm. Uh, ultimately I was there in a part-time role while I was doing sports on the side and trying to string together a bunch of things. And, you know, my good buddy Raj called one day and me and him kind of connected and we said, you know, we can carve out this full-time role for right. digital, some on-air opportunities. And, you know, I, I got into to sports because I love the radio. I love broadcasting. I never necessarily got into it because I, I loved writing, but it's just mm -hmm. something that I became, you know, because I had to. And, uh, it, it's awesome to be on camera mostly every day uh, on our digital shows. And, you know, mm. I'm, I'm really loving it so far. I will say it's a lot more work than news is like sports, <laughs> the hours, so many more hours, but I mean, the hours are talking about the Broncos left tackle instead of what I was doing before, which was police shootings and homicides, which is just, mm. you know, not as many hours, but it's pretty grueling and soul sucking. It, I, I can imagine that. Um, and uh, quite I mean, I wanted to ask you about this. And then with the first 10 minutes, we're going to talk about uh, what you're doing right now. And then I, one of the reasons I had you on, I'm going to have you on is because I want, you were at the workouts today, something that I used to do uh, many years ago. Um, and uh, just wanted to get uh, some, a feel on that. But first, how, I mean, it, this is exclusively sports, but it's sports in a multimedia sense. Is this what you envision yourself i mean is this what you want to be doing right now is this is this something where you see yourself going for a while is this the jake shapiro uh um that that you envisioned when you came out of a college you know if you had asked me coming out of college where i thought i'd be when i'm 27 five years out which i am now mm -hmm. you know i i always wanted to do play-by-play play-by-play is my passion um mm -hmm. but i also love broadcasting just in any form and right. um my pie in the sky goal was to be like Joe Davis and to be 27 working for Fox doing play-by-play, -play. but that's right. a little unrealistic unless you're <laughs> absolutely extremely talented like Joe Davis or Adam Amin, uh, two guys that have done that. So if you ask me realistically what I would have thought I'd be doing, I'd have a similar job to what I'm doing right now, which is basically a Swiss army knife for the fan that, that, you know, it gets sent out all around town that covers a multitude of sports. You know, I can do columns, which is awesome because I'm really opinionated, as you know, Jeff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm someone that can can do radio. I filled in a couple of times already on air and I love being on digital. And, you know, as much as I appreciate some of the new fangled media operations going around and their efforts, I've always envisioned myself as somebody that worked for legacy media. I grew up listening to the fan. I grew up reading the Denver Post. Right. I think there's something important about those institutions. And, you know, I, I really grown, grew to appreciate how important the words I wrote in the Denver Post were as being the paper of record. And I think the fan has kind of that sim similar stature of 
you know, we drive the conversation in town, whether it is our digital platforms or our on-air presence. And it's really cool to be part of that team. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging up with you in a few minutes mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna jump on with DMAC. Like, dude, I grew up listening to DMAC every day when I came home from school. Like, it's <laughs> unbelievable. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm extremely thrilled. Uh, it's not entirely what I want in life. I think I still have a lot of room to grow and I think there's, there's gonna be more from me in the future, but this was, such a home run swing and a step in the right direction that I couldn't be more happy with like kind of where I've been and where I'm going the last few years and kind of how everything just switched in a dime. And to be honest with you, the way things were going, I mean, news, news was pretty rough. I think journalism is really important. I take a lot of pride in journalism. I care about journalism, but personally, I'm not a news journalist. I, I am not someone that, that had the the chops to do that. Um, I mean, I, I might've been good at it. I might've been terrible at it. That's right. for y'all to judge. But it's just something that didn't give me joy personally. And I was very close to just saying, I'm done with this. I'm going to try something else that's outside of media because it it was really challenging. And one of the things that kept me in it was the last year I've actually been teaching at the University of Colorado Boulder in the school I graduated from, the CMCI. And I became the youngest adjunct professor adjunct professor in the university's history uh, is what they told me. And I got to share a bunch of sports media lessons with these kids. And it really renewed my passion for uh, sports journalism and and being in sports. Well, when I met you, you were a long haired college student um, and Mm -hmm. who was writing stuff for multiple baseball sites. And um, I I think what, what, what occurs to me is the, the changing dynamic and the changing scene of media is 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 it's stunning to me where you can go to um where like when i started blogging in 2009 uh it was denver stiffs was kind of a rogue and uh but it was mostly the post and the the tv stations down at nuggets practice and now you have radio stations that have dedicated um online content and you also have television stations that have dedicated online content. It is really stunning for me to watch. And for you to be a part of that, actually, I'm very proud of you, Jake, for being able to get into this and position yourself to where you can get into this sort of thing and do what you want to do a little bit, um, because it's, it's, it's kind of cool. And I think and I'm glad and I'm glad to hear your writing opinion columns, because I think that is, that is some of your wheelhouse right there. There are you are, do you have something upcoming that you're just kind of formulating right now? Uh, you know, I'm probably going to write something about Malone's relationship with uh, the Nuggets front office and what it means, particularly. Uh, right. I'm not sure exactly what the take's going to be. I, I'm going to have to listen back to what he said today, but I found some of what he had to say interesting. Mm-hmm. I know he made it a point to talk to the media today because he wanted some things cleared up after Tim Conley left and how the sky isn't falling and stuff. Um, but, you know, in the same sense, and you talked about my baseball history. I'm going to write a baseball blog about how Tyler Kinley's pitching and I haven't looked into it yet, but whatever his pitch usage and however sharp his slider and fastball is, is making him a really good reliever right now. So I have the ability and the freedom under James Merrillat to do literally whatever I want. So I can sit here, write a take on how Jared Bednar is a Ken doll if I wanted to, but I'm not that person. Um, and also write an in-depth pitching breakdown on how Tyler Kinley has turned himself into one of the better relievers in baseball. So it's a really awesome position that I have. It's almost overwhelming in a sense where I like, I just text 
texted the group an hour ago. I'm like, I've got this, 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 and this. And they're like, that sounds great, Jake. And I'm like, well, what do I do? Which one do I choose? <laughs> um so it but it's great because you know i i think jeff you know, you've known me for long enough to know i work my butt off and mm -hmm. i really have a passion for this stuff so i i just sometimes have to remind myself and i have a great girlfriend now who's like you know there's you can you can do it tomorrow it's great <laughs> you, you need you need to spend some personal time and that's been a, a big focus of mine especially after i switched over to the post is like i need my hours because if right. i don't have my hours I'm going to do this 16 hours a day because I love it. Mm -hmm. And that's a problem because then all of a sudden I'm going to face some of the, some of the, you know, uh, effects of working all the time and uh, I'll start to get tired and, you know, my takes will be bad and whatever. So uh, I need my, my takes to be sharp so I can make a bunch of Nikola Jovic, Jokic jokes, you know? So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, I'm just having fun like that. And that's ultimately why this is great. Jeff is, Raj is so good at this and making sure everyone at the station has their own opinions and has fun with it. I'm honestly having so much fun and I don't feel like there's this ultimate goal to, to build or to, to keep it going or whatever, because I know if I just do what I'm going to do, it's mm. going to work. I've proven that at several different entities and you talk about digital shifts and all this stuff and the changing media landscape as you know, the fan tries to become a voice for Denver and several different entities. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I think that's really interesting, but in the same sense, you know, I, I, I come from the internet blogosphere. I, right. uh, I, I have a media training in journalism too. And I understand what makes someone like Patrick Saunders so, so good for journalism and so good for media because he is so polished. And he is so well written. Mm -hmm. And I also understand why someone like me, who is not afraid to just say whatever and not necessarily always just go by the rules, is also uh, something that people will read and listen to. And I I've studied this a lot. You know, people will say, I'm just sending out a dumb tweet or I just have a dumb take. Like, I know what I'm doing. Like, mm -hmm. I know, I think about how this is going to affect people. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, I, I have a deep, passion for the way people communicate with each other, the way media affects people and the way sports talk in particular and sports content is consumed. Yeah. And um, it's, you know, I always think about the way things have changed in you know, a number one, you have a very impressive mustache right now. So um, <laughs> that is something. Playoff mustache. It's for the apps. Exactly. Um, so let's transition to you brought up Michael Malone. Let's transition to the Nuggets because I, I and, and I want to. My main reason I wanted to have Jake on today was to get him to talk about his new because I'd like to do this for my friends, have them talk about their new positions and promote what they're doing. So uh, congratulations, Jake, uh, first and foremost. Um, but transitioning over to the Nuggets, I am no longer a person who was there every day, and I haven't been for a couple of years now. And it was interesting you brought up Michael Malone because he and I didn't have the best of relationships as media member slash coach. Um, and I'm and curious, and I was really curious to see about him today. Um, what was your takeaway from him talking to the media? Because uh, I think there's a power vacuum right now, and I think he's looking to fill it. That's just the way I, I perceive things. But how, how was you, he, how did he present himself to you today? I think that's spot on. I, I get that take or, or that feeling as well mm -hmm. is that Michael Malone, while if not in title, will be assuming more power through this transition. I don't think that ultimately means he has the final say. 
I think mm-hmm. Calvin Booth will, but I think Michael Malone's voice just got a lot louder in the Nuggets front office. And he even said so himself. Hey guys, you know, if you ever need, this is my Michael Malone impression. <laughs> but Hey guys, if you ever need anything, you know, front office wise trades, free agency draft, I'm here for you. That's literally what he said, <laughs> uh, which there's some implication there. But I also do think that he's spot on and saying Calvin Booth knows what type of players Michael Malone's going to like. And Michael Malone knows what Calvin Booth is going to do. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't going to be some big change. Like the, the nuggets are going to stay the same more or less. Um, I do, you know, what I will say is, you know, I haven't had as long running of a relationship with Michael Malone as someone who's popped in and out of there for years and is going to be around there more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was talking with him about Nathaniel Rateliff in, in the Grateful Dead today after after <laughs> the uh, presser. So, you know, I, that that's just me. Like, I, I'm able to kind of get some of that stuff and, and, and uh, I, I mess around quite a bit. Um, I mean, I was talking to Christian Coloco about Uno too. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just try to find anything I can and, and, and use it to, to, you know, kind of break the ice and show them that I'm, you know, just a strange little guy from Boulder, Colorado. Um, but yeah, man, like I, I think Michael in general, I really like him as a coach. I think he's a really good coach. I don't know about his talent evaluation and we've seen via his rotation, his lineup choices over the years that he obviously plays favorites as every coach does. And maybe he doesn't make the best decisions, but I think he's ultimately a really smart guy. And I I had this situation in Boulder covering Tad Boyle for a while where it's Mm -hmm. like the nugget, the buffs aren't doing better than Tad Boyle as a head coach. So why would they fire him? I'm not going to go the same way because, you know, I think that Michael Malone has proven over the years that he's a very good head coach and has coached this team to about as much success as possible, given the limitations of their roster. Like they went to the Western conference final, the only year they've been healthy mm-hmm. and they struggled around it. Like everyone can make excuses as much as they want and say it's excuses, but like, you can't do anything in the NBA without two max contracts. Mm-hmm. Like, and they lost to two, they've lost to three straight teams that have gone to the finals. Like they've lost to the best of the best. And, you know, obviously the Nuggets are going to need a perimeter defender. And quite obviously they might need a backup power forward defender type guy. Like Mm -hmm. they need to get better in some areas, no doubt. But they also need a starting point guard who could go for 35. And they have that. And so, like, I don't know. It's really hard to judge the the Nuggets and the dynamics and, and all this as so much has changed just in the last few years since you've you've not been around as much, Jeff, with mm-hmm. uh, AK leaving and now Tim leaving and, and Calvin taking a bigger role. And the roster has been, um, you know, the roster is basically getting a big shakeup going into next year, even if it doesn't have one, because two guys are coming back who are going to play 30 minutes a night. Right. So it's, it's just a really weird situation over there. But ultimately, I look at this offseason as one, not only a huge opportunity, for the team to get better, but to an ability to reset, like they've been playing so much effing basketball the last few years. Like it, they need some, some time to decompress. And I think it's going to be extremely valuable to their growth because they put a lot of stress on a lot of young bodies very early on, on their careers by having these back-to-back seasons in condensed form Mm -hmm. um, where they did have deep runs. Yeah. You know, you're right. And, and I, this is the way I look at these and, and you were down there for um, the workouts and I, I have memories of seeing Zach Levine come down for a workout in 2014 
and him breaking out for the first time publicly the, the around the around his body over the head dunk that he did in the dunk contest uh, two years later. And what what occurs to me is like sometimes these workouts can be informative, sometimes they cannot. For example, um, uh, Justice Winslow <laughs> gave the worst workout performance I've ever seen in my life. And I got a very angry email from his agent for putting out a video that showed him missing 15 consecutive shots and uh, looking gassed. And I, I was like, I thought, you know, look, it was public. So, you know, if you, if you don't want your client to be uh, having these issues, then shots, don't, don't, hit the don't. shots. <laughs> yes, it hit the shots or don't make it public. Um, so when you were down there, you've been down to, have you been down to both uh, workouts yeah. they've had? Okay. Has anyone specifically stood out to you? You know, they've made them open in the sense that they're open at the very end. So we see them shooting around and dunking at the end. Right. Um, you know, I've liked a couple guys. I think Roddy was actually pretty impressive. Um, and obviously we've seen him up close. I just don't know that he makes a lot of sense for the nuggets. Right. Um, I thought more and more about it as I watched him play today, Christian Coloco. I think Christian Coloco would be a great backup five man for the nuggets, particularly yeah. if, if Boogie cousins walks, which I think kind of, we get the feeling that he might, um, so Coloco's a shot blocker. He can stretch out a little bit. And I mean, him and Zeke Naji have a relationship. They played together at Arizona, Arizona bigs here have worked out well with Aaron Gordon as well. So, uh, and, and I watched Coloco play in Boulder, uh, uh, you know, against Arizona in, in the buffs. And I, I, I really like Arizona players. I always have, I think they're really fundamentally strong and I think they have a lot of talent. Um, so I like Coloco. Um, there were some guys during that fir first workout that were, you know, a little interesting, but, you know, nothing to write home about. Personally, uh, I, I think there's one name that sticks out to me with the Nuggets, and he's probably going to go a little bit before uh, them, but he fits absolutely perfectly in every sense, and it's Tari Eason. I think Tari mm -hmm. Eason is the guy in this draft that would completely change the Nuggets and take him over the top. But I think there's a couple avenues in which the Nuggets can be taken over the top, and it doesn't have to be drafting Tari Eason. It could be packaging 21 with Will Barton and bringing in a guy like Lou Dort or Matisse Thibel. Uh, I don't know if Thibel's the right answer, but I'm just saying a, a perimeter defender, even Josh Hart would be a great player. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a couple things this team can do. I personally am not that interested in this year's draft because I don't know that the Nuggets are actually going to pick at 21. At least right. I don't get the best sense that they are. I think they're either going to trade down and go for a couple second rounders or try to package 21 in with either Barton or Morris. That's interesting because I, I kind of felt the same way. Um, I think that even if, if Connolly was, was here, this would be the same approach. Um, I don't get the sense from them that they are motivated to invest unless they're blown away that they're motivated to say, we're going to go all in on this 21st draft pick. Uh, rarely do those picks make a huge difference. And we po point to bones, but bones was a rookie second year. He's going to be scouted for. It's going to be different. I am. I'm more interested in seeing how they approach this draft as opposed to getting themselves better. Um, what I'm curious is that when they were fully healthy in, um, from that brief period after the, 
Aaron Gordon got here last year. The, the best 11 days in Nuggets history, Jeff. I know you're older than me, but it's the best 11 days. <laughs> it was so good. And it was, it was, uh, it was so good to see that. And, they, and then one of the things that stood out to me is they were good defensively. And I'm wondering if we've overblown the need for a perimeter defender because the Nuggets got rid of a perimeter defender in Torrey Craig because he was Michael Malone was playing him over Michael Porter Jr. And I'm wondering if we're creating a situation where we're going to have a rough dichotomy again between those two, depending on obviously on Porter's health. I don't think you can have enough shooting. I don't think you can have enough perimeter defense in the NBA yeah. the way we've seen it right now. Um, you know, one of the biggest problems with Utah the last few years has been the fact that Rudy, Rudy Gobert gets exposed at the rim because guys are getting straight line drives. Right. Uh, I'm not going to compare Nicole Jokic in the sense of Rudy Gobert, but I think Nicole Jokic is a better defender in some ways than Rudy Gobert is in other ways. Um, but in the same sense, I think it'll help Nicole Jokic a lot to not get those straight line drives. We saw them playing a drop coverage a lot last year just so Nikola Jokic wouldn't have to waste so much energy on defense. And then we saw when he wasn't playing a drop in that Golden State series, how much energy he expended to the point where he was done by the end of the games. Um, and, you know, by the second half of this last season, he had no rhythm in his legs to even shoot threes. I think he shot like 20% after the All-Star break from deep. And, you know, he's a career like 38% three-point shooter or something like that. So, you know, Jokic, I think it would help him immensely to get better perimeter defense but you are kind of mentioning that they already have some perimeter defenders. Zeke Naji is a great perimeter defender for how big he is. Yeah. Aaron Gordon's a really good perimeter defender. I just look at it and I say, there's no one on their team that can even come close to guarding Steph Curry. Right. Damian Lillard, maybe a little bit, but they need someone to guard John ja Morant and Steph Curry. Yeah. And they don't have that guy. And you know, Shaq Harrison was a good pickup a few years ago. Torrey Craig was obviously really good for that role. Gary Harris was good for that role. But you look at their roster and it's like Will Barton is not at that point in his career. Will Barton's never been there. I, I think Will Barton's just a waste on the roster at this yeah. point, to be honest. Yeah. He doesn't doesn't fill any role. Um, Jeff and Jamichael Green, I think, are okay if you have one of them as a as your 12th or 13th guy, as your fifth string, you know, big or wing. Um, but they don't have like Austin river, I guess, Austin rivers, if they bring him back would be their best perimeter defender. Right. And even he's a little bit bigger and slower. So I really want someone between six, three and six, five to guard the perimeter. And I'm not asking for two of them. I think two of them would be great, but one of them would be perfect and phenomenal. And I think fill out the nuggets roster. And the problem, Jeff is it, it can't be, you know, an Austin Rivers or a Tory Craig or a Jay Crowder. It needs to be a starting caliber player who's going to play the two. Mm -hmm. You know, similar to, I mean, it can't be Drew Holiday. There's only one Drew Holiday, and of course he's a star player. But it needs to be someone that's your fifth best player in your starting five who can hit open shots, who can play make a little bit with Jamal Murray, and play amazing defense. Mm -hmm. And the only guy I can think of in the NBA that is that completely is Lou Dort. The only guy that can kind of replicate that even is Josh Hart. Tari Eason fills a different need. Tari Eason fills the need of we're trading Jeff and Jamichael Green on expiring deals for second round picks. And he's going to be our backup power forward and kind of our gadget defensively as well as hit some open shots and maybe play 20 minutes a night. But as you mentioned, and I agree with you, what can they really get at 21 or even if they trade up to like, let's say 13, that's going to be impactful in play every single day of the regular season and into the playoffs and clutch spots. And you're looking at this draft after the top 10, the last past few years, 
Who are the guys that have impacted them out of the last draft? The rookies that were out of top 10 that impacted the playoffs this year, Bones Highland, Herb Jones, and then you start running out of names real quickly. So unless you're getting a top 10 pick, you're not getting a guy that's going to impact you now. And the Nuggets need to win this next year. This is the Nuggets window. It starts next year. I mean, it's been open already, but it's really open again next year with Jamal and Michael if they're healthy. And I don't know that it's it, it helps them at all to take a kid that might be a project that might help them towards the end of the regular season rather than a sure thing that you know could be in your starting five or at the very least is your sixth man. And you put Bones Highland at the shooting guard and you go super defensive for your uh for your 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 uh, your bench lineup centered around just hoping Monte Morris can create some offense. Right. Well, I, you know, you answered on, just in that statement. You answered basically all my remaining questions there. So um, <laughs> what I'm going to do is give you. Uh, Jake here is a frequent uh, does frequent uh, guest spots on on the radio now. So um, I'm going to have to let him go. But before I do, before I do. Let them know where they can find you, where they can find your writing, everything that they can do to find Jake Shapiro. Denverfan.com is where you can find my work for 104.3 The Fan. We are the website for 104.3 The Fan. You can find anything I do personally on Twitter at Shapalicious. Always feel free to shoot me an email if you've got questions or ideas. I'm Jake at Denverfan.com. Really easy. And then if you're, if you're a prospective student up at CU or already enrolled, See about Professor Shapiro's class. It's a fun <laughs> class. We spent, Jeff, I, is, again, it's the most fun I've ever had doing anything in sports media. We had a class called Sports Media uh, in, uh, in the last fall. And they didn't really have a curriculum. And I was a professor at the last second. They said, Jake, go, go buck wild with this. And I just kind of figured out, I'm like, what am I going to do? Like, what's important to me in sports media? And I kind of came up with some stuff. And I blew up a week and a half of class when the Kyrie Irving vaccine stuff broke. So we, my class in live time could talk about how it was being covered, what kind of impacts it had on the sport and all the ancillary effects of how we cover science in sports media and media as a whole and what stock we should be leading towards the player and how to cover political issues. So this class that I was doing in live time turned to just how do we dissect current issues going on in sports media? And it was awesome <laughs> that's amazing well I, well anyone who's listening to this uh, and is a prospective college student and going to see you uh I, I highly suggest you follow that course and also follow jake on twitter and um uh, it's just it's just you know jake's my friend i just like to see, catch up with my friends and so uh good to have you on dude i appreciate it and uh i will i will let you go to get your uh radio hit done so uh you don't keep dmac waiting <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go for longer once, uh, once I have a more uh, put together schedule. But right now I'm just kind of at the whim of every old person at the station who says, hey, the hot new thing. Let's get him. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate you. See you, bud. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.